we have big losses, big wins for the election. And let me tell you, there's nothing like looking at football and starting to ask a billion questions as we get ready to end week nine and go into week 10. Hey everyone, my name is Ashley Gibbs and I'm your host of another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. That's right, here we discuss everything NFL football related from the players to the game, to the injuries, to even the contracts. So sit back, listen in from a female perspective who secretly loves the game. And let's dive into this conversation and get started. We are back. This is episode eight. I hope you guys enjoyed episode seven. Go download it, go listen, go catch up. We are moving through the season. We just ended week nine and we are now transitioning into week 10 for the NFL season. We still have our COVID reserve list. We still have injuries. We still have big wins. We have big losses. But first, first, today's episode is brought to you by the Dunkin' Donuts coffee that's in my cup. No, I am not sponsored, but I do love to get my coffee there every other morning when I'm not anywhere else. So if you haven't gotten a chance, start your day off with some coffee. Y'all know I love it. I talk about it on every single episode of nothing else. If I ever see you in the street, you know, like your voice sounds familiar. Do you do that? You know, sports podcast, not your average cheerleader. And I can go, yeah, you can say you drink a lot of coffee. And I'm gonna say, I need it to do 90%. Okay. That's a lie. I need it to do 99% of the things that I have to get done every day. So, of course, that's going to be, you know, my little contribution. On top of that, we had some wonderful announcements over the weekend, including a congratulations to the president and vice president-elect. We have now changed, you know, transitioned um, administrations. Things have drastically moved to the left, if you want to say. But one thing I love that, you know, president-elect Joe Biden said in his speech is he is a president for everyone. So this is something that we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to the policy changes, whatever is to come. But this is a sports podcast. I just had to throw that announcement out there because history was made that night. And I just want to share that with you guys because I exercised my civic duty and I went and I voted. And I hope you did too if you live in the United States. But let's get into football because that's what this is truly, truly about. And we have some quick fire topics. No, I shouldn't do that anymore. You're like, Ashley, what's in your coffee? Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Quick fire topics. Are the 49ers, are they in trouble? The answer is yes. You have some more players that were just added to the COVID-19 reserve list from Kendrick Bourne to, I believe, another um, wide receiver. It's always our popular wide receivers that are getting added. As soon as we win using them, they get put on COVID lists or they get injured. Like I said last episode, 49ers have $80 million sitting on their IR list. $80 million that's injured right now. Not to mention the players that are on the COVID reserve list. We had to actually activate two other players that were considered rookies, non-drafted, to put them on a starting list because we are struggling. I can't stress that enough. The 49ers are in a struggling year. I didn't put them on my Super Bowl playoff list anyway, but next year I feel like it's going to be a time where winning is going to come forth. When we played the Packers, I believe on Thursday night, we lost. It was 34-17, to way better than how some other teams did this past Sunday. I'll get there in a moment. But they raised the question because now Jimmy G is on the IR list. 
whether Jimmy G will be the starting quarterback or even the quarterback for the 49ers next season. I mean, there's been a lot of speculation, a lot of debate for him to have a contract where he's getting paid $100 million in total over, I believe, $27 million a year, maybe give or take, that he hasn't produced. And everyone is arguing, well, with Jimmy G, you won some games. Mm, Kyle Shanahan actually, you know, adjusted where we had a huge running game the year we went to the Super Bowl. Huge running game. They couldn't stop the running game. And I love what George Kittle said who's a tight end for the 49ers, he noted, hey, until they can stop our running game, we're going to continue to run the ball. It's just that simple. If a team can't stop your running game, you don't switch it up. Keep running the ball because they obviously can't do anything about it. So that raises the question again. Will Jimmy G be the 49ers going forward, you know, main starting quarterback? Or are they going to trade him? Are they going to look to draft a rookie? Are they going to look to bring someone else in? There's been so much speculation about who they want to draft. I'm not going to lie to you. I have questions about Jimmy G. I'm sure he's a great person, but this is football. I need you to have more presence on the field. I need you to have better accuracy with your passes. I need you to find the wide receivers and make big plays. And when it comes down to it, if I had to choose between Jimmy G and Justin Herbert, the rookie quarterback for the Chargers, I would choose Justin Herbert if it came down to it in the wire, third quarter. I mean, third down. I need a clutch play. I'm going to choose that rookie because that kid's accuracy is ridiculous. And he's clearly made a name for himself already to have just been pulled off the bench and starting due to some injuries of their main starting quarterback on that team. I know y'all are probably like, but actually you're 49ers faithful. I am, but I also want to win. And I'm telling you right now, the struggle has been real every time we let Jimmy G throw the ball. It's insane. It really is insane. So that's my quick fire topic. Hopefully, you know, those players that are on the COVID reserve list because they either came in contact with someone who tested positive or they contracted the virus themselves. NFL is taking huge precautions to make sure that they're trying to minimize the spread of COVID-19 within the NFL franchise. So these are some of the protocols that they have to take. And of course, I hope that if, you know, God forbid they do have it, that they get better. Um, If they don't, I hope that they test negative, not just because I want to watch them play and do well, but because their health is important to me and I want to watch them play and do well. So that is the quick fire topic. I have a a big thing that I kind of wanted to note was this episode is not going to be long because you know why? I'm going to spend a good chunk of it talking about Tom Brady. Not how great he is for those of you that are like, oh, I'm going to stop it at six minutes and 49 seconds. I don't want to hear about Tom Brady. Yeah, you do. You want to hear about Tom Brady because it's just been back and forth like a ping pong game. It's really crazy. So let's get into TB12, you guys. Let's spend the next seven to eight minutes talking about TB12 and how the Bucks lost to the Saints 38 to three. That's right. The 49ers had a better loss against the Green Bay Packers with half our major team players on the bench or on IR or whatever it may be. And the Buccaneers has all these weapons has AB and they lost horribly. They only got on the board because Suckup came out there and kicked the field goal and it was good. Shout out to Suckup who got them on the board. So the real question is, is Tom Brady to blame for the Bucks' horrific loss Sunday night against their rivalry, the Saints? Let's go dive into that. So they added AB, Antonio Brown. Of course, everybody was like, oh my gosh, 
Buccaneers are now like, you know, forming the Avengers down there in Florida. They're definitely Super Bowl contenders. We don't negate that. But you have to remember that Tom Brady played like, what, one game with Antonio Brown in Patriots land? And then he was kicked off the team after that, Antonio Brown was. And then on top of that, they had less than a week of practice. I know y'all didn't expect AB to go out there and just make all this magic happen with less than a week of practice. They're still working on their field chemistry. Not just how I'm being a teammate to you off the field, but we still got to be able to read each other on the field. Now, granted, the relationship off the field will help cultivate that on field. However, come on now. I didn't expect Antonio Brown to make anything big happen. They moved Gronk around. He he can't plant his feet. They need to leave Gronk out in the open. Gronk was finally starting to become a useful player on the team because God knows in the very beginning, he was just honestly, I don't know if he was a decoy or not. But to be very honest with you, I think that that played a factor, to be frank. I think everybody expected A.B. to go out there with Tom Brady and make a bunch of big plays, and that is not what happened, not against the Saints' defense. And clearly, we want to completely blame Tom Brady, but I'm going to get to another you know, thought in a minute as to why he is not 100% to blame. That is my answer to that question. He's not 100% to blame. He's the quarterback. He's one of the leaders of that team. So he takes a good chunk of the blame, but he's not 100% to blame. And I feel like half that blame comes from the fact that people expected big plays from him and Antonio Brown, knowing Antonio Brown had less than a week of practice, just joined the team, just signed his contract last week. And Tom Brady's still getting acclimated with him in football. Then when you think about it, No touchdowns, zero touchdowns from Tom Brady. This is the GOAT, you guys. Zero touchdowns, and he threw three interceptions in that game. Basically played like trash. I hate to say it. That's just, watching that was just horrific. I was like, what is happening here? My sister texted me and said, oh my gosh, bench Tom Brady. I know he's your starting starting quarterback in fantasy football. I was like, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late because the game is halfway done and he hasn't scored a single touchdown. His fantasy football points are 2.3. And then on top of that, his QBR was 3.8 versus Drew Brees QBR, which was 98.9. People, that is one of the worst games I've ever seen Tom Brady play ever this season because there's plenty of others. But ever, that is crazy. I'm, I'm looking at these numbers and these stats and it's ridiculous how horrific that was. I can't even, I can't, but he is still not 100% to blame. You out there may disagree with me. If so, leave comments, drop some DMs in my Instagram. I want to hear from you. Do you believe Tom Brady is 100% to blame for the loss against the Saints Sunday night, week nine? Again, my argument is no. Here's why. Coaching is really important. When you switch around your players and put them in areas that they're not acclimated to, i.e. Gronk, you're not going to have the same level of performance that you normally have. On top of that, 38 to 3, that means the defense didn't do their job. They didn't. So for that gap to be that big, the defense didn't do their job. Everyone has to do their part. And to be fair, if the defense was doing their job, the Saints would not have been able to score that many touchdowns. That means the defense didn't block. They didn't, you know, cover. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. Even at times left certain wide receivers wide open. My gosh, I was like, did you read the play wrong? Did you read the switch wrong? 
what happened. I wanted to know what was going on. So I also partially blame the defense because the defense didn't do their job to make sure they're stopping that yardage on the other side, that they're stopping those big plays that are happening, that they're covering, whether it's man-to-man or whether it's zone, that they're reading the field like they're supposed to. So I, you know, give some of the blame to the coaching staff, give some of the blame to, I know everybody's going to say, everybody always gives other blame to everyone else when Tom Brady loses. No, he's partially to blame. He is. Because at the end of the day, you could be the greatest quarterback ever, but if you don't surround yourself with people who want to win as much as you do, and acclimate themselves and adjust when the time calls for them to do so, it doesn't matter how good you guys are individually. You're not going to win. It's just that simple. And so when you think about Tom Brady's performance with the Patriots, even so, he had, you know, real chemistry with his wide receivers on the Patriots. They practiced so much during the offseason to the point it was easy to make those changes and reads in the moment on the field. And that showed up in the games that they were winning. For how long did that dynasty basically visit the Super Bowl every single year? And now they're saying, wondering if Tom Brady was to basically give all, you know, the glory to for how the Patriots did. Because the Patriots barely beat the Jets last night. And we all know how the Jets are. We forgot they were even part of the National Football League, if we're being honest. So I think they only beat the Jets by, what, three points? You got to give it to Cam Newton. He wanted to play better. He he did what he was supposed to do, but people are still wondering, was it all Bill Belichick or, you know, was it all Tom Brady? It doesn't have to be one or all or the other, but you have to admit Tom Brady played a heavy factor in that because you take that one piece away and things are struggling so bad there. Now, granted, Tom Brady had the same offense in, you know, the New England Patriots reign that he, that Cam Newton has right now, and he won more games last season. But that doesn't explain last night's game. I don't know what that was about. I don't know how you explain that kind of trashery performance. (laughs) That's a new word. I don't know how you explain that trashery performance. But yes, that happened. And I'm at odds at trying to understand, you know, what the Bucks are doing. As you know, last episode, I did make my final playoffs prediction. And the Bucks are part of that. So there's a small part of me that's rooting for the Bucks. My team, the 49ers, are not going to get there. We're barely making it through the season as is with all these injuries. But come on, Bucks, y'all got to play better than that. My guess is they're going to play better in week 10. I think they're going to learn from their mistakes. Tom Brady's probably watching the tape as we speak right now on this podcast. And I have a feeling they're going to come back and learn from this and perform better. But you're not going to take you know, the playoffs, if you can't beat the Saints. And right now, that is your Achilles heel. You can't beat the Saints. Did you hear me? You can't beat the Saints. Let that be motivation for you. So that is all I have for this episode. Of course, I spent a good chunk of it, like I said, talking about Tom Brady because I was just so mind-blown by that just trashery performance of playing on the field that I couldn't process it in my mind. But yes, again, again, and again, and again, the teams are making it through the season. We are encroaching on what will be the playoffs very soon. 
We are seeing some breakout performances by quarterbacks. I know y'all are like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to get MVP. Don't know. Patrick Mahomes looks tired. I'm just going to throw that out there. Patrick Mahomes looks like he's exhausted carrying the weight of that team on his back, him and Travis Kelsey. I'm just going to go ahead and call that as is. Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. That was hilarious. He said, my name is not DJ, it's DK. I just cracked up. DK Metcalf are the new dynamic duo on the field to watch out for. Just how Russell Wilson makes those random passes to the random corners of the field and somebody's down there to catch it, whether it's Lockett or Metcalf. It's, it's just really insane. So those are just a few extra highlights. Looking forward to week 10. Hopefully my fantasy football team does better. Don't let the projections lie to you in fantasy football. I got projected the last two weeks that I would win and I lost terribly. Mainly because this past week, Tom Brady didn't do his job. So yes, I dedicated an entire episode to basically trying to understand what the hell happened. Because I wake up and you only got two fantasy football points. You are the worst performing player on my team compared to when Cam Newton went out there and stuck up the place. But he still had more points than you. So again, you have to beat the Saints, Bucks. You are on my list. I believe in you. Get it together. Fix your mistakes and do better. Just do better. Okay, that is my ranting for this morning. This is what happens when you give me coffee. Thank you guys again for joining me for episode eight. We are winding down. We're staying in this. We're going to enjoy some more football while we still have it. Again, to any of the players that might have been around someone who tested positive for COVID-19 or contracted COVID-19, please get better. We all wishing for you to have a strong recovery. Again, congratulations on the election results. Super excited for this massive change that's coming in the history that was just made. As an African-American woman who runs an NFL podcast, I am truly ecstatic for our new administration. Um, that is all I'm going to say about that. Again, this is NFL focused, but I have to put that out there because I'm getting my PhD in law and public policy, and that's important to me. Thank you guys again. If you love this, subscribe. Subscribe and tell a friend because I'm only going to keep making these, and I'm probably only going to keep talking trash about these players and saying some good things too. I think I like to say a few good things. Thank you guys again. Have a great day. Bye.